sword was then passed to the Lady of the Lake, who bound it to the Pendragon bloodline. Now, the sword is yours. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Well, the camera does add 20 pounds. <laughs> I, I literally jumped when the giant <laughs> snake came in. Oh, you guys are such prudes. Lockstock <laughs> and Game of Thrones. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Quad bonum greater. Okay. That's that that's Latin for uh, the greater good. Oh sure. I figured it was close enough to to ancient English that uh, that we could use that. Yeah, no. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's good. That's nice. Say that say it again. Do it again. Oh, quad bonum greater. That's not bad. That's weird that greater is still the same. I guess we we still yeah, that word. Well, unless it's unless this is a bad translation, which could be it. Do you just Google translate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, you know, if anyone would know, it'd be Google. It's not like you could go ask someone. Uh, this is episode 353, and tonight we're talking about Arthur, Le- King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. How do you get money from a Viking? Jimison. It sounds like a start of a joke. A really bad joke. A really bad right? joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I heard you just, um, you just, you know, cut their facial hair off and take it. Mm, yeah, that usually works. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Guess we'll have to. I guess we'll find out. Uh, also, joining us, returning from a well-deserved vacation, and that right. is Sam. Let's see if you get this, Sam. S O U S. Vector. Samsous? Samsous? Yeah, S-O-U-S. Vector. Same same old ugly Sam? I don't know. What are you trying to do? You sent me a <laughs> message. You, when you're watching this movie, you sent a message. Oh, and, yes. It's our Rouse. Yes. So this one would be S-O-U-S. Yeah, but there was also uh, there were there were rodents of an unusual size, but also yes. there was a snake of an unusual <laughs> size. <laughs> and Sean, <laughs> yes, Sean, Sean, Sean. I first of all, uh, thank you, Andrew. Thank yeah. you so much for for helping me out there for a while. I appreciate it. Well, um, but but Sean, uh, what I'm going to do for you, buddy, is I'm going to actually keep this little snake away from you and then send you into that room. Oh. You do, you don't even have to worry about getting bit. You just you just go in there and enjoy the the, the throne room with the rest of them. Okay, I, yeah, it does yeah. it does kind of see. Feel I'm being like, really nice, right? You yeah, know? So no, I just, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, because no one likes snakes. Uh, it does <laughs> kind of feel like that. Um, a, a bite from that snake. I don't think you're worrying about the venom at that point. No, oh my God, <laughs> uh, that's just my opinion. But I don't know. Oh, uh, and Cameron. Uh, well, I guess I should have said, and making his cheap seat reviews uh, return, triumphant return, yes. is Cameron killing the giant elephant still only counts as one from the Green Shirt <laughs> podcast. Well, I better kill three of them then, huh? Yeah. Right? 
Now, were they made from rock or were those real? I mean, I couldn't quite understand where these giant elephants came from. They were from the Darklands. Uh, Mordred used magic to bring them from the Darklands, just like how the mage brought the giant snake from the Darklands. I like how Sean says that? this, like it's a fact, but no, they right? did not explain that anywhere okay, I was, in the movie. I was, I, <laughs> all I saw were, were elephants emerging from mountains and mm-hmm. like exploding out of them. I, like, I literally I think, think like they... The rock giants from Lord like of the Rings or did something. Did the mage's giant eagle come from the Darklands? Uh, I don't... Because that just seemed to be hanging out around her. I think that's yeah. just a regular-sized eagle, which are pretty big. Yeah. Uh, know, every know. animal seen in this movie is oversized. Uh, yeah. yeah. Except those, there's some dogs that are normal. Yeah. Well, the camera dog. does add 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and apparently uh, um, 25% large. Well, I mean, the snake that bites him is a, a regular size snake, too. But, uh-huh. yeah. um, but I think, I mean, maybe, the, I don't know. If that eagle came from the Darklands, then it's the babiest of eagles. Oh, I mean, I think you're right. Like, the Darklands seems to be the source of all the giant animals, yeah. but they never really. Well, there to there tell is you that. so much copied from Lord of the Rings movies in this that sure. he couldn't have giant eagles because then it would be just like, is this a Tolkien thing? What's going on here? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah that's that's pretty accurate. So, uh, okay, yeah, so yeah, this is uh, 2017's uh, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. If you don't know if if what we've already said has confused you then maybe Andrew can shed some light, but I doubt it. But let's see what Andrew has to say. Robbed of his birthright, Arthur comes up the hard way in the back alleys of the city. But once he pulls the sword from the stone, he's forced to acknowledge his true legacy, whether he likes it or not. (laughs) Okay. Thumbs it up. Yeah, I guess. That's actually not bad. That can work, Yeah. 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 This is directed by Guy Ritchie. And we've seen a couple of his movies, I think, for the show. I can't remember now. Yeah. Did did I? Yeah, he's. He, didn't Guy Ritchie do Iron Man two? No. no. Oh my gosh, I would he love did, for him for him to do was Iron it three? Man three. He didn't. No, he no, didn't he, do. He's done no Marvel. He did Aladdin. He did the uh, live action. Oh, uh, okay, that's uh, what I'm thinking. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought John Favreau did that. You're right. He did Aladdin. He did. Well, he did the screenplay. Uh, yeah, Aladdin, uh, yeah, one and two, which has just been announced. What, there's a second Aladdin coming it, out? That's on IMDb. Take it with a grain of salt. Well, they're, okay. they're <laughs> usually right. I mean, usually. I, I did enjoy that, the, the Aladdin the, the I thought it was live fun. action. I, I thought it was fun. As long as you it. didn't compare Robin Williams to Will Smith. You, yeah, you, you, which is unfair okay. to Will Smith. Or Absolutely. Either other way. Uh, yeah. Guy Ritchie has directed such fine films as, obviously, this one. He directed The Man from Uncle, uh, which was the TV, the movie based decent. on the TV show. I had a good time not, with it. Not the best, but it was decent. It yeah. Was, it yeah, was yeah. a good time. He did the two Sherlock Holmes movies, which we've. Yes, um, we love. Yeah. Uh, Rock and Rolla. Uh, let's see. Revolver. Snatch, which we did Snatch for the podcast, didn't we? Or did we not? Um, I watched it. I don't know if we did it for the show or not. I watched it. I don't it. think so. Uh, and also Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. So that's kind of what okay. he's known for. Oh, and don't forget the Madonna winner swept away. And when I say winner, I think it did win some Razzies. Uh, you're right. Swept away. <laughs> yep. I, I, I saw it here on IMDb, and my brain just skipped over it because I've never... You're, you're doing Mr. Richie a favor by... Okay, so what's <laughs> your that one? Now he's since uh, Legend of the Sword again. He directed uh, Aladdin and then The Gentleman, 
and Wrath of Man. And I want to see both of those because they look they look kind of awesome. Likewise. And those ones got huh. some good reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And so I, I just I like Guy Ritchie. I like his movie style. I haven't seen Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels yet. But I loved <gasps> Snatch. I thought it was so fun and it was just ridiculous. And I loved everything about it. And I also love the two Sherlock Holmes movies. I really do. I think mm-hmm. they're both really good. And I'm a fan of the Sherlock Holmes story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, he's got almost a frenetic style that that I appreciate. Yeah, right? I, I think it goes beyond almost. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it is very frenetic. It it kind of feels like what Aaron Sorkin's brain is trying to do. You know, because like Aaron Sorkin's like if, yeah. you know, like if if Aaron Sorkin wrote an action adventure, it kind of feels like it would be a, like this a little bit. Um, Guy Ritchie films like Aaron Sorkin writes. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. Um, yeah. And then, imagine putting those two together. Oh, oh my gosh. The <laughs> that other, would be awesome. The other director that kind of reminds me of, of Guy Ritchie, and that's uh, uh, Jean-Luc Besson, or Besson, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, that was your boy. The guy what did uh, like The Fifth Element and... Professional. The, yeah, the, Leon the Professional, and then a bunch of shit. Um, <laughs> but... There's there's just some like like some of the editing in this movie reminded me of the fifth element, how like when they're telling a story and we've got two locations telling the same story and we're getting their <laughs> versions yeah. of it at the same time. And the intercut. Yeah. yeah. And I love that, just like I love when the black leg sergeant comes in, he says, Tell me a story. And so we're getting, you know, you know, story the visuals. Like all the visuals of the story yeah. happening. I love everything about that. I really do. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to really getting into this because I kind of think Cameron hates this movie. Uh oh, and and that's okay. Um, I wouldn't use the word hate. Uh, well, good. That's good. <laughs> so we'll start off simply by saying, Sam, why don't you go out and uh, do your five-word review? Sure, I've got um, I've got three this time. Is that okay? <gasps> Can I narrow you're it making, down? You're making up for two weeks being off. Yeah, go for it. Maybe. Um, uh, my first one is fun ride through Arthur ideas. All right. <laughs> right. Then I've got Richie's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's and then really but the last one is kind of really is, is, I guess, a little bit of my review on the movie, even though I really liked it. And that is maybe tad too fast paced. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, Again, um, I would go beyond tad, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think I was in the, the perfect mood for this movie. Um, and uh, I, I thought everything worked very well. Um, maybe it could have used a little bit uh, a closer look at some some character development with uh, Arthur himself and his little band of brothers. But um, I, the the one thing that kept taking me out of the movie, and you guys are I don't know if, I don't know if you guys are going to kill me for this or not, but the establishing scenes where they keep showing the CGI castles from afar and all the different, you know, like the way the, the, the wide shots, those reminded me so much of the Hobbit that it started making me a little mad at times. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it just, there's, there's no emotional connection to those scenes. Uh-uh. Whereas if somehow some sort of camera work could have followed people we knew through, you know, th- through the ins and outs of these crowds and things like that, then, then great, but it just it it it, it was 
it just didn't work for me. But the story, I enjoyed this take on Arthur's legend. I, 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 all the twists and turns that, that I was like, wait, what are we really watching a King Arthur movie here? There's, there's not much that I thought was, was, I don't know. How can I say this? Similar. R3, right? <laughs> Similar to stuff that I've read. But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed going on a ride um, with some unique ideas and materials, even though they're copied from a lot of other places. I liked how they were thrown together and and made this world um, felt lived in and, uh, and, and felt kind of fun to be a part of the adventure. Oh, and Schnitzel thinks it's fun, too. <laughs> She's back, too. <laughs> Yeah. So, so no, I had a good time. I had a good time. Um, is it the best movie? You know, it's one of those movies where no, it's not going to win any Academy Awards. Um, mm. But I, but I, 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 I would have thrown one for music. I really like the music in this movie. Yeah. And I, I did think like if this was a better movie, I bet the score would have gotten nominated. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, and it's I, kind I, of a shame I, that the Academy Awards won't throw like those. Bo- I mean, I guess they do with visual effects. They'll like give badly reviewed movies visual effects awards, but that's about yeah. it. Um, but I thought it was fun. I thought it was a, a, a good ride and, um, I'd, I'd watch it again, I think. So I enjoyed it. I, I was left wanting more, honestly. And I know, uh, I read a little bit of trivia before this. I know they were planning on sequels. Um, and I could feel that in this, but I, I, I wouldn't mind a sequel with these, uh, with the Knights of the round table and going on from here. Well, it's not just, uh, because to, to your point specifically about you're wanting a little bit more character development with the the the, Barry, the band of merry men, um, there were supposed to be six movies. This was planned wow. for a, wow. This was planned for a six movie series, and that's why in this movie we get zero uh, introduction Guinevere? to Guinevere. There's no talk mm-hmm. of Lancelot, and we don't see. Um, Merlin, Merlin, because they didn't know who it would be later. Yeah, um, there was a rumor. I didn't even catch that they said his name. Like I was talking to my wife about it later, and I was like, "Yeah, and there's. I guess the mage lady was the Merlin character." Yeah, like, see, no, they talked maybe... about Merlin. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay, they dropped his well, name I... twice." Yeah, yeah, that makes they... a little bit more sense yeah. as to why they didn't mention those things, though, because I had the same. It's the same issue that. Yeah, this is not the typical Arthur story that we know. Because a lot of those details were left out, but that makes sense that they're saving those for other. Yeah, I mean, and I was totally, I was totally fine with that, and but then like that felt there were things that they shoehorned in just because it was the Arthur story. Like I hated the Lady in the Lake stuff, and it was just such like an afterthought. And I felt like, oh well, there, yeah, we have like this one line of dialogue about Merlin making Excalibur and giving it to the Lady of the Lake because those are part of the Arthurian legend. So we got to yeah. shoehorn them in somehow. Do you yeah. mean the the Lady of the Mud Puddle? Yeah, well, yes, yes. The Lady yeah, of the Mud okay. Puddle. Yeah, 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 you're right. The Lady of the Lake apparently is like uh, like Greek omnipotent. gods. Well, yeah. it's not just omnipotent, but yeah, like in Greek gods, if there's any kind of water, she can control it. So mm. um, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. You're not wrong. And I did kind of like the fact that when he pulls Excalibur out of the mud, it's completely clean, which is kind of a neat little. <laughs> so she could be Lady of the Coffee Cup. I guess, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, lady of the shot glass. Yeah, lady of the handkerchief. Yeah, that works. Reach in and just <laughs> so, um, but yeah, to your point also about like Merlin. I mean, they only mentioned him, and we only see a cloaked figure because they hadn't cast who it was going to be. Rumor was it was going to be Idris Elba, 
but they mm. and Ooh, that would have been good. And they even mm-hmm. asked people asked him about it. And he was like, "Nope, no one's approached me about doing it." But uh, he's like, "If I they want me in their movie, then let's go." But um, but uh, anyway, I I just I, I don't I, maybe you know maybe learning that thing before watching it helps or not. I don't know, but it might help shape this discussion knowing that there's going to be pieces missing from the story, the Arthur legend, because the idea was that there were going to be more of them. And yeah, this movie just, I mean, let's, let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. This, this movie sure. bombed at the box office. I mean, it, <laughs> oh, yeah. it did. I don't remember this movie. Yeah. I don't I remember seeing I... trailers. I don't remember this movie coming out for some reason. I'm there was another movie like this that came out. There was a Robin um, Hood movie that came out kind of around and, the same time. Yes, that was like an yes, updated I, take on Robin Hood. I think that's what has has got me uh, confused as to what I've been which, watching. Which, and I genuinely wonder, I, I'm going to throw out one of my five word reviews here. Oh yeah, go ahead. Which is King Arthur, but Robin Hood. And I yeah. do genuinely <laughs> wonder if like Guy Ritchie was in the running to do the Robin Hood movie and didn't get it. And was like, well, fine, I'll just do King Arthur and make it Robin Hood. Right. Yeah. I got a lot of that too. I got a lot of Robin Hood feel. The whole this. second half, yeah. Yeah. As well, I mean, the, we're in the Sherwood hero, Forest with the, the Merry Men. Plucky yeah, band the, of Merry Men stealing the, the hero's arc is straight out of Robin Hood. This is yeah. not a King Arthur arc. This is a a Robin Hood arc right. for sure. Yeah, I mean and, the the biggest obviously the biggest change from the Arthur story is that in the the original Arthur story, he's living with his uncle and mm-hmm. he grows up um, not knowing who he is, um, but he grows up at least around knights and 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 learning a lot of those types of things. Whereas in this case, he's a he's a street rat. You know, he's a he's, street rat. You know. I, I'll say, I, I seriously love that take on Arthur. Yeah, I, I like absolutely. I, the whole first act, I was with this movie. I love the idea of like, yeah, this politically neutral street rat kid who doesn't want to lead, who doesn't want to take sides, who just wants to take care of himself and his like chosen family and him having to like learn to become King Arthur and like everything that means. Uh, I, th- I thought that was a, f- a fun take and I was with it. At well, first. and not only that, but you see him as a leader, right? You uh, see him uh-huh. leading, leading these people and seeing that it is in him mm-hmm. and, and that he is capable of doing it. And right. I thought that was brilliant, and I thought, oh, man, that's that's a perfect take of, of what I was expecting. Um, not expecting, but that just, I like that take on it. The, I just do. The, the kind of funny part is that we got done watching, and again, I, I watch all these with my wife, and she looks at me, and she says, we need to watch more movies with that actor. And I said, Cur- <laughs> Cur- Charlie uh, Hunman, and she said, oh, yeah, he's it's he's, so He's easy on the eyes. Yeah, my wife, my wife said, oh, "What are you watching this week?" I told her, and she said, "Oh, that one's on my list." I said, "This one's on your list." And she said, uh, "Yeah, wait till you see who's in it." And I said, "Oh, I get it." Yeah, I told my wife, "I've got to watch this movie for a podcast." When I watch it, she's like, "Maybe." And I was like, "It's got Charlie Hunnam in it." Okay, but it's yeah. funny because we know Charlie Hunnam from the uh, show Undeclared, like the sitcom. Like the 2000 sitcom where, I mean, he's still, he, he plays the hunk, but like, it, he's a very funny kind of character. He kind of, he, he takes really? the Really? I don't think I ever lot. saw that one. And yeah. so whenever I see him in these movies now where he's playing like the really cool alpha hunk, I'm like, yeah, I liked you, buddy, or when you were funny. Right. <laughs> Although he, he does have charisma. I will oh, say. Yeah. yeah, he does. He, he was a good lead in this movie. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost, it's almost a shame it did bomb because I think it could have been an interesting story going here. 
here forth with the with the twist that they've done on the Arthur, uh, Arthurian legends. Just that, uh, I, I want people to really understand what by bombed we mean, all right? So this isn't John Carter bombing, right? But yeah. John Carter lost $300 million, and Disney just said, that's fine. But, that's yeah. but this movie had a budget estimated of $175 million. That's a big budget movie. I mean, that's, yeah. that's more yeah. than like Iron Man, right? I mean, just to kind of give it perspective. There's a lot of yeah. money in this movie. There it yeah. is, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of CGI. There's a, a lot, lot of CGI. A lot yeah. of slow motion. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of wire work. I would bet too. With mm. you know him, uh, maybe there's CGI. I don't know when he hits them with the sword and they go flying. But it uh, it only made worldwide 148 million <laughs> total Ooh. worldwide. So if you count the budget to make the movie of 175, and let's say you add in another 50 to 60 million for just marketing, or maybe, maybe not, and that's why no one went to watch it and see, none of us heard of it. I remember right? seeing the commercials for this, but see, but Sam, but Sam knows this. I'm a trailer guy. I like trailers. Yeah. I I live yeah. on IMDb to watch the trailers for stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think. In 2007, I was uh, in my life. 2017. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, in 2017, <laughs> I was uh, I was post my Clemson career, and I was doing a lot of installs, and I had, frankly, I had a lot of time on my hands, and so I probably saw the trailer for this and got really excited, and also the Robin Hood movie, which is not good either, no, um, no, by no. by any standards, but I also enjoy it for what it's trying to be. Like this, I movie. like it better than this one, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I. <laughs> like All right, it. Andrew. Let's farm our lines right now. Let's put the draw the line in the sand. Have you? Have, I know Sam hasn't seen it. Have you seen it, Cameron? The the, the no, movie? actually, and I I was confused when I was first telling my wife. I was like, yeah, it's the new King Arthur Scott, uh, Taron Egerton. It. I thought I yeah. I got them both mixed up in my head, and I think they were both uh-huh. on HBO Max. So I was very confused. Well, since we've pigeonholed you into swords and sorcery, um, I'm as, happy to be. It. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. How did we? So when we have you back on in four months, we'll do the Robin Hood. We'll do the uh, new Robin we could. Hood. I, 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 was, I have a request for one, but we'll see. Maybe, yeah, Maybe we'll get to them both. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I, I think actually the, uh, that Robin Hood one's actually worth doing for the show because yeah. there's some neat... Oh, Sam, did you see it? You're saying eh. Yeah, the, uh, the Egerton one, right? Yeah, with, yeah. With, the, with uh, Jodie Foster, not Jodie Foster. Um, Jamie Foxx. Fox. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yeah. That's a role I, both of those actors could pull I've, off. I've missed that. Oh my gosh! Um, crap! Uh, now I've lost my train of thought. No, I didn't like it. I did not like that one. Okay. Um, I thought it was too kitschy or something. I, I can't remember why I didn't like it. But I just didn't like it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was just yeah. again. But I, I don't know for some reason. Like we all love the Kevin Costner Robin Hood for yep. what it for what it was, and I really liked the Russell yeah. Crowe Robin Hood. But you, yeah. but you have to yeah. watch the director's cut. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like, good to know. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. If you do watch it, find a way to watch the director's cut. It's, okay. a, it's like watching the difference. And Sam knows this now. The difference between watching the theatrical cut and the director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven. Like, yeah. yeah. The, the director's cut, it's a different movie. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not four hours like the Snyder cut, but, I mean, it... It yeah. makes it feel like a different movie. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew, you give us a you haven't given us a five word review yet. Yeah, I gotta find it here because I have a bunch of scribbles tonight rather than typing it like I normally do. Um, 
So one of them is only three words. Oh, holy montage, Batman. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, we had a couple um, of those. I'll, I'll, I'll queue up uh, the, the whole oh. movie. Yeah. Oh. Um, no. It, well, we'll talk about that. Uh, and then cool storytelling, wrong actors. Oh, interesting. Okay. Hmm. I'd almost go reverse that, but. We, we, uh, oh, I could see that too. <laughs> I don't like the main character, but. And then uh, my last one is 300 meets Sherlock meets superhero. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I just found a lot of. I, I, it's okay. It's okay. I don't love it. Um, I feel like we were. Guy Ritchie was trying to ride on the success of Sherlock and the way that those movies were done and the way that those stories were told. And I don't think he got it this time. I, with this movie, I, I don't think it worked. I don't know if, again, I don't know if it's the actors, I don't know if it's the storytelling itself, but it doesn't work with this movie, in my opinion. Uh, just for me, you know, for Sherlock, I kept comparing it to Sherlock because that's something else of his that I've seen that I am very familiar with. So, and I know it's not fair to compare necessarily, but that storytelling worked really well. And I love Sherlock, like, Love, love Sherlock. It's one of my favorite movies, but it didn't work here with me. I don't know why. You, th- um, you think is it is it because because in Sherlock, because uh, you know it's the same the same idea is that he's taking a a beloved story, a beloved character, and he's just putting a little bit of a spin on it. But the spin yeah. in Sherlock stayed within the realm of reality, and the spin in this one was way more fantasy. Well, uh, but I expect fantasy with the story because it is, I mean, there's wizards and there's magic and I'm, I'm okay with fantasy. Okay. I just don't I, know. I know that, where it went wrong, Andrew, and we'll get to it. I, it's, so it's the second act break is where it all starts to fall apart. Yeah. Um, I do have a few questions and maybe we can answer them as we go along, but <laughs> we had some caged kids. Did, did they ever get saved or were they, are they still in those cages? <laughs> I don't oh, know they if they are. about that. Yeah. Oh, do they? Okay, yeah, yeah. maybe I missed that. Yeah, they get um, it, It's, uh, I guess, another thing we we need to be aware of in this is, if you're in a frantic crowd, look for the ones that are calm, because they're <laughs> the ones that did it. Yeah, or they're the troublemakers. Um, the the people that uh, Vortigan kills, we don't care about them. His wife, oh, his daughter. We spend no time getting to know those characters, so. We don't care that he kills them, to be quite honest. I but mean, we like cares. he cares, but he cares a lot. And I feel like there's some more characters in the in the film that we don't care about. Uh, it, it, yeah, I yeah. didn't care about them. Uh, let's and, see what and other frankly, notes. I'm not I'm not really sure we're supposed to really care about them that they die. I think we're supposed to care that he's willing to sacrifice yep. his wife and daughter to get whatever he wants. And ultimately, but, still fail. Yeah. yeah, this was his. This was the Game of Thrones moment on uh, on this one, basically. Oh, yeah. there's yeah, a few. The Stannis, Stannis Game of Thrones moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I think the other things I have here are just that it was visually beautiful and it had some good action, um, but it had some issues. So, yeah, that's and, where I stand on it. And I think Cameron's leading towards a little bit. I, I, I think. 
well, maybe we should have him do it first. But it does uh, the ahead. first the first two acts I think are very solid. But like most movies, they have a hard time landing this sucker um, in the third one, um, where it's cohesive and in the same style and in the same. I don't know reality that they've created in the first sure. two acts. So, well, let me ask. I'll, this let, I'll let you go ahead and go. Yeah. If if you open a movie with mountain-sized elephants attacking Camelot, and uh, Eric Bana riding a horse off of a broken bridge and jumping <laughs> onto this elephant, said Oliver, awesome. Uh, it's it's fine, I guess. If, except it's I just, don't know the context Yoshi of anything moment. that's going on or who who any of these characters are. But visually, it's amazing. And that's my point. Where do you go from there? Like it opens yeah. with the biggest scene ever, and and I, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, well, the movie can't top this. Where's it going to go? And that's <laughs> and kind of the really, whole thing. Like we're going to go to like a CGI battle for the ending. No, no, flop those. End with the giant elephants. Then well, maybe you're a, taking me there's somewhere. There's a reason why Lord of the Rings worked so well, and mm-hmm. that is because they started off small. They started off intimate. They mm-hmm. created characters we cared about. And it wasn't until really, I mean, sure, there were some fairly big battles, but when you got to the the, the planar fields yeah. at the very end, you were awestruck yeah. with the size Bingo. and the immense of it. Yeah. I mean, this I want to watch, watch the movie. <laughs> I want to watch the movie that ends where this movie starts. I want to know about Jude Law going off to wizard school and getting drawn into the dark side. I want to see Uther Pendragon, and I want the final climactic scene to be what we saw at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I don't disagree, I don't disagree that I I do think it's a little unfair to compare this to Lord of the Rings when you know it, that by the you time we got showcase where this went wrong like right. that's how you that's how you compare and contrast. Well, you, and you also mentioned that this was supposed to be six movies. <laughs> so yeah, so come come to me with a storyline that that you build on each movie and can can land it. Because so, even what are you gonna do in the second movie? The third was movie. Was Chekhov's elephant gonna show up in the sixth movie? Because I kept waiting for the elephants to show back up. Yeah, I I don't think that any movie, and you can disagree with me if you want, unless it's something like Lord of the Rings or uh, you know a, a an Avenger movie where we have a long term plan that we know how it's gonna work and we know they're gonna be successful, but if you don't know that this film is going to land, which maybe they thought they had a real winner here, tell me a story that can, that can encapsulate everything we need right here in this one, just like in new, case it doesn't, you know, like a new least, hope. Exactly. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. Yeah. You know, if we had done it like a new hope, that movie by itself had, we had nothing else from star Wars. That would still be a, a good movie. Yeah. There's too much. There, there's simply too much. It got too epic in in scope, way too quick. I would actually, I mean, if I, if if I were in control of this movie, I would chop off the prologue, get rid of it. We don't need it. Start with Arthur growing up on the streets. Sure, the audience knows it's Arthur, but like, let's put the audience in the 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 mind's eye of the protagonist. We don't know where he came from. We don't know how he got hit, got there. As he's having a journey of self discovery, we're having a journey of self discovery. I think. I think it would have been a lot more engaging that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah. I, I, I do think starting off that big does kind of just put the audience in a mindset that doesn't quite work for where it goes. Yeah, I agree. I didn't really think of it until you said that, but that scene at the beginning, it, I did at the moment, you know, in the moment think, this is fantastic. This is an awesome shot. You know, having the king 
jump from the bridge off this horse. And, sure, and yeah. the whole time I was thinking, poor horse. But then <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's the Yoshi that's, moment, right? That's yeah. literally my second note, poor horse. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're right. Like that's the coolest scene in the movie in my in my opinion. So yeah. It's kind of a letdown from there. Why not have that be the scene of, uh, you know, t- transfer the characters where it's Jude Law and the elephant and and uh, King Arthur having to jump the bridge at the end of this movie mm-hmm. to defend, um, you know, citizens and all them. Um, Serious question. Uh, sorry, were you done? No. Well, yeah, I'm done. I'm just rambling. <laughs> well, just kind of related to that, like, what was up with Jude Law's bloody nose in that scene? And then we see it again a little bit when they rescue Arthur, like when magic is going on, he's, he has a headache, but it's only those two scenes and they never discuss it. Right. It's the, the 11 thing. The, uh, the, only, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that whenever magic is present, he can feel it and it affects him. But mm-hmm. to your point... So he's allergic to magic? Uh, I don't know if he's allergic to it, but it's like the force, right? Like Vader can yeah, yeah. sense when Luke is near or when Obi-Wan is near. It's the kind of but thing. It's, it's only those, like he's around magic a lot in this movie. He uh, is magic. Well, he, he is magic. Flones. But I think it only affects him when someone else is using it. But to your point, when the giant snake attacks at mm-hmm. the end, that she is controlling it, he should sense that that's coming because mm-hmm. he should be he should be affected by it. So you're not wrong. That is... That is kind of a plot hole that they, they introduced think, a, a fatal flaw and then it went away. I, I think yeah. there was a lot on the cutting room floor in this movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yes, because the original version of this movie was three and a half hours long. I might wow. enjoy that version. The, yeah, I, uh, I might do that. I'd, I'd like that. Yeah. There is the, a lot of connective tissue missing in this movie, and that's part of my problem. And in the, in the three and a half hour cut, we are introduced to Guinevere. Oh, interesting. Oh. Who played her? I don't know. I oh. didn't, the trivia didn't say, and okay. she's yeah. not in the IMDb credits. Interesting that they cast her. Yeah, or maybe maybe she's in her, again. I'm, I have the trivia. I'll read it later. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm debating. I'm, I'm I'm mulling over this idea what you said about the intro because at no point until you said it has the intro bothered me ever. I mean, when I watched <laughs> this for the first time, I didn't see it in the theater, but I probably wanted to. Um, but when I, I rented it, I think Redbox. I probably Redboxed this. Because that's what you did in 2017, and yeah. and and I loved it from day from minute go. I liked the opening scene and how crazy and like awesome it is. Because we're establishing super early. Oh, okay. There's there's giant elephants here, and like we don't know why that they're there. We just know that they're there. Yeah. And then you know you have to wait until very you know till later in the movie when they go to the dark land. You go. Oh, that's the place where giant animals come from. Okay, that makes sense now. Because otherwise people would never exist in a world where you have elephants that large. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like just randomly roaming the, the world, right? And it, it never occurred to me, but I actually am kind of intrigued by this idea that the movie starts with Arthur in the streets and then we have to get piecemealed because the story piecemeals the, the events on the bridge or on the pier. You know, we keep getting little... Mm-hmm. flashbacks mm-hmm. of the moment, but we all kind of mm-hmm. know what the moment is, right? The reveal isn't for us. The reveal is for Arthur, but it would have been kind of neat. I kind of like this idea of maybe we Rearranging. get some, yeah, maybe we get some flashback of, of how he becomes the, um, how Ver- Vertigan becomes the king. 
yeah. And how Ma- yeah maybe maybe when he grabs the sword and is told the sword the story or is finally realizes the entire story, maybe that's when we to- we're, we're shown what the king had to do. Yeah. There, to yeah. to earn the sword or did something along yeah, that Yeah, something. Lines. Yeah, I I don't know. I just the opening doesn't bother me. The only I mean literally my only two also, notes from the opening is oh my god, it's going to take forever to fix that bridge and <laughs> and poor There horse. was a lot of those bridges by the way yeah. in this movie. They were everywhere. Yeah. I also would have kind of wished like when Uther used the sword in the opening, like maybe we had seen the power of the sword from, you know, an objective viewpoint. So like he grabs the hilt with both hands and then suddenly he kind of disappears and everyone around him falls down dead. And you're like, whoa, what kind of magic was that? And uh, then yeah. when we see when Arthur uses it, then like, oh, that's how it works. That would that's cool. But like it was a completely seemed like a completely different power when Uther used it. Yeah, yeah. you're you're not. I yeah. mean, because we only really see him use it because when he I does Skeletor. Because he when he does uh, <laughs> Skeletor, yeah, yeah, right. Well, when he, I have the power. Um, when he does um, activate it, right, we get the we get the effect, and we see his eyes go blue, and we get the little kind of sonic boom effect. But he doesn't really do I, anything with it. And then until he has the sword fight with Skeletor, yeah. Uh, but even then, he loses. Well, no, no. In the in the arena, he is the first time he uses it. The arena. In George's arena, when he fights. You no, know, I'm the, not talking about. I'm not talking about Arthur. I'm talking about. Uther. Oh, okay. Like the Uther. first time oh, we right, see. Oh, right, right. That's that Skeletor. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like when we get the, the first time we see the the thing. I'm 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 agreeing with your point. Is that. Yeah. It feels like Arthur's ability with the sword is significantly more powerful than Uther's. Yes. Like Uther yeah. can jump across a bridge and he but with a horse and then he goes into a room and kills a magician who was kind of unarmed, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, didn't fight back at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he and, and then when he has his fight with the with Jude Law Skeletor, which is a cool fight scene, but we don't see that until later. But even then again, yeah. he still loses. Whereas Arthur, when he when he dual wields that thing, dual wields the wrong word, but when he, you know, mm-hmm. double hands that thing, I mean, like, I mean that <laughs> the the fight it. scene with George at George's, I I love oh, that. It's so God, beautiful yes. to me. I know it's so frantic mm-hmm. and it's hard to kind of understand what's happening. I but totally agree. That was a nice scene, though. That <laughs> was very reminiscent of Sherlock, in my opinion. You know, we had the the slow mo se- segments, and mm-hmm. then we had and then it quick speeds motion. up, and then it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm okay with that. I thought I liked it was, that. I loved it. And then he just done, and everyone is just in awe of the moment. And then he just goes, I'm going to go down the hole now. You know, like it's just, <laughs> I that love that. I, I love that moment. I haven't done my five board. Um, oh, wow. Okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. It, it I felt my official one, but. Uh, oh, you still have one? Yeah. Go ahead. You, I, I, did, I did one, though, so you can do yours if you want. Okay. I just wrote Fantastic Action Frantic Arthur Legend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This and is the movie you sleep through, basically. No, no. No. Well, I, one, is, I think it's more than five words, but it is one of those movies that is just like mind-blowingly over-the-top, insane, crazy, and yet I was kind of bored the whole time. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of, and it was kind of because it just kept showing you things like, oh, okay, well, now, now Ursula and a phrase I never thought I would say, a sexy flotsam and jetsam are in this movie. So I, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, giant elephants, okay. Oh, uh, Max Payne fight scenes, I, I didn't see that coming. It was just like, it was so all over the place. I think that uh, Sean mentioning that there is three hours of, or three and a half hours of footage, I think that that kind of nails down what the problem is. Mm-hmm. There, 
they try to cram so much into this and it's it's a it still feels like a long two hours in my opinion um because I was bored and I think for the same reason I was mental mentally mentally overwhelmed <laughs> yeah uh, there was very little downtime overwhelmed. yeah um, it, it the whole time it just it felt like it was in, always in such a hurry to get to the next scene like someone had mentioned pacing it and that's yeah. the first yeah. time I watched it, I was like wow I've never seen a movie just so eager to get to the end right yeah, it, it's, uh, a, it's a sprint. I mean, you're not wrong. A, a lot of movies, you have to have a moment where you... I mean, there is moments where they're just talking and whatever. But yeah. even just the talking scenes, the way it's edited, you're still jumping from moment to moment to moment. You know, like when they're planning the assassination, right? It's not just the fact that we... And I love it when movies do this, right? When you, when you explain the plan and also show us in what real mm-hmm. time would be them executing that plan. I love it when TVs yeah. and movies do this. I really do. But it's not just that we're doing that. We're doing it in three different timelines, right? Because it's yeah. him all busted t- talking about the plan. And then he's, we're then shown a hypothetical meet that doesn't actually happen. Does it? I, I don't know. I still don't know. I watched it <laughs> yeah. twice. And I'm like, did this happen or yeah. did it not? It didn't happen. It didn't ha- I would just assume okay. that it didn't happen. And then we okay. get to the actual... You know, band of uh, Mary Men, the Robin Hood plan. Yeah, the Robin Hood plan. <laughs> and, and the problem with that, I feel like, is that I like knowing the plan. I feel is important because the audience needs to know when and why the plan goes awry. And if I don't know what the plan is, then like there's no stakes or tension or drama when I'm watching yeah. it go wrong because I'm like, oh, was this part of the plan or was it not? Yeah, right. Although I did, I did enjoy surprises like the giant snake. I, I literally jumped. <laughs> <laughs> when the giant snake came in, because I'm like, holy crap! I, you know, I just didn't expect. But if she snake. could have done that at any point, why the rest of the movie? Right? Couldn't they have I just killed Mordigan yeah. at any point with a giant snake? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it just, that bothered me. That did. I was like, okay, now we're. It it did feel a little bit op, for a lack of a better word, because <laughs> like the the other snake is just a distraction. Right, uh-huh. that's the whole point is to just have a moment, a distracting moment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it just works out that he stabs Excalibur into the marble and he can't get it out. That was uh, kind of yeah. the whole thing. But, um, so, I, so someone, go ahead. No, it's just you're you're not wrong. The the snake. I mean, to to Sam's point, it was kind of a jump scare almost for him. And mm-hmm. the first time it happened to me, I laughed. I literally laughed out <laughs> loud, and I was like, okay. I mean, I mean, it would be yeah. like. In the same movie, I drive in with an you know an M one A one Abrams, you know like <laughs> it, that's how OP the moment was because you can do nothing against this snake and and then the snake just leaves. <laughs> it just you see it oh. as an establishing shot of the castle. You see it slithering away back down the the, mm-hmm. the causeway, yeah, the, the, yeah. the bridge, which hey, I assume. Hey, giant snake, we could use you still. Big bad guy still alive. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's also like in Lord of the Rings when they're like, "Hey, an undead army sure would come in handy." And they're like, "Well, no, you, I need <laughs> your, I, I, the the plot can't keep having um, OP characters. We need to let you go." So, I mean, the snake had a cooldown period. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. No, I I I, I will relent to that. Where it, it was a fun surprise, but you're right. Give us. Uh, I mean that's a trope sh- though. It's a trope. So, but 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 show us having her call giant animals to help them elsewhere, or you know, I know they they she did the horses and the dogs, but somehow control a giant animal. 
Uh, well, she well, her eagle. Pre- she does pre- it multiple times with the eagles. Yeah, the, but the, the, the eagle could do squat against you know ten armored guards. Right, right, you know, yeah. this this snake was. It was, did for some. Yeah, you know, she needed like, for some reason. I mean, the mage character. She doesn't even have a name. The mage. Yeah. Like. She needed way more character. We need, we needed to know what she was fighting for, what she's been right. through, and yeah, like how she finally got the powers to control to bring a giant snake from the dark lands. Well, yeah. and that would have been enough to be like, okay, she wasn't able to do it until now, and then it gives her character a journey as well as Arthur's. The the movie shows us it didn't tell us, and I and I'm okay with this, and I'm not saying you guys didn't see it. I'm just saying, she's and I might able, not have. I don't, I don't know. She's able to control the animals that are there just with her magic. But in order yeah, to yeah. get the giant snake there, she had to do extra steps. You know, she's putting the potion together. You see her, like putting the making the thing and scrubbing the herbs. Right? Or why so, couldn't they have done this two years ago? You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not. You're yeah. not wrong in that. Or I, but they or needed, show her preparing and in a in a giant mist shadow behind her, a <laughs> shadow of a writhing giant snake. She, she needed might, the power of Excalibur to draw this from the Darklands or something. I don't know. Maybe give us I don't a know. reason. That, yeah, that that's as good enough reason is anything in order to open the dark lands they needed excalibur to open the door anyway i'm okay with that personally though honestly i would like to have not had the giant snake or have giant the giant animal as kind of your mcguffin not mcguffin but your your op tank at Uh, the end i i kind of want at this point so far in the movie arthur has gotten by by being more clever than jude law uh-huh. He's yeah. out-clevered him the entire time. And then at the end of the movie, not not the very, very end, the very end, he you know has his Popeye moment and then out-wills him, <laughs> which I'm good with. I'm good with that fight. Uh, We've seen uh, it a thousand times. It's fine. He has the Popeye moment when you know, he gets the inner strength from his dad and then is able to, to overcome the whatever. And I, I'm okay with that. But I kind of feel like there's no cleverness into him defeating the castle. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He... Uh, again. Well, 100%, Sean, yeah, I, I wrote, he, he didn't win because of his street smarts. He didn't win because the people rose up in his name. He didn't win because he learned how to lead an army. He he won because of a giant snake witch and a magic sword. Yeah. yeah. Those are the reasons he yeah. was able to win it. I, yeah. hmm, I, I, the snake I'll go with, the magic sword part, again, the, obviously the sword being part of the name of the movie, and <laughs> it's, it's the, and it, it is, it is, it, the, the sword, okay, this is going to sound dumb. The sword is like um, uh, Mjolnir, right? Like the sword just channels the power within kind of a thing. He wasn't able to use it until he was ready to use it. Correct. Yeah. He had the sword found him worthy. And then once he was truly worthy, then he was able to really control it and unleash his power. Because even in the the fight scene with George, he says, the sword did all that. I didn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's like, that's like Dr. Strange just keep just keeping him alive until he can kind of take over. (laughs) So, um, but again, I'm with you. Really, the snake is kind of the only part of the movie that I I don't love because it's it's just too op. And I'm with you, Cameron. Let him be more clever than <laughs> than Jude Law. That's what I that's want. That's the best part of his character. I yeah. think is how yeah. clever well, and, he is. And again, that's the third act that that falls apart. Where they, I don't think they knew exactly how they were going to get him into the the <laughs> position to fight Jude Law. Um, in a realistic manner, um, where he could be, I don't think they were clever enough to write a clever. <laughs> yeah. Well, script. that yeah, was actually that. that was actually one of the notes that I wrote was uh, not as clever as Sherlock, <laughs> because <laughs> when you when you think about that character, it's all cleverness, you yeah. know. And in this one, it's 
is not as clever as it as it's made out to be. Yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. And and for those who are arguing on their phones right now that well Sherlock, you know, <laughs> you know, they he has an ending whereas in this one we're ending it in a part of the author story that Arthur story that doesn't exist. I will remind you that that Sherlock Holmes story is not part of any book. Um yeah. I assure right. you. So um Yeah, so we've touched on it a couple times and it's a it's a big part of the movie, right? Like Arthur's character arc is folded into the revelations of what happened on the pier when he was a child, right? Mm-hmm. Like we yep. keep getting told, like you looked away, you weren't ready to see it. Uh, you need, and, and and that's when he's ready is when he looks, and then he's able to really wield the sword, like you were saying, Sean, is when Mjolnir accepts him. What what was it he was looking away from? What was the revelation at the end? The only thing I can think of is that he wasn't ready to admit to himself that it was in fact his uncle that killed his father. But he saw that in the Darklands vision. We saw that Skeletor was was Jude Law, because that's what I thought it was too. But but we knew that he knew that. Uh-huh. Then maybe then there's something that is said right. There's a line that said that that um that Uther says they have they have a line or whatever. I can't remember what it was. There's nothing revealed. Like he grabs the sword from there. Like he starts interacting with the visions. Yeah. It's really the only difference. And then his dad is like, "You're ready," and I'm like, "Why? Why is he ready now? What happened?" Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to. I've seen this movie probably four times, and I'm still having a, <laughs> a trouble kind of understanding the Popeye moment, um, yeah. which is not great. You're not wrong. It's not. And it's, been, it's it, because they just keep hitting it throughout the. I mean, that's the only reason the witch is in this movie. The mage, I'm sorry, is what they yeah. call her, is to keep telling him that he needs to look. He needs to not turn away. And I'm like, well, what? What was he was supposed to see? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think I forgot that he does does. So now I can't remember if he sees and I bet that it's the, his uncle or not. But I mean, he knows that it's his uncle. He, he has to know that. Yeah. No. We but, so we see in one of the visions, like Skeletor fades away, and his uncle walks around and says, "Give me what's mine." Right. Mm-hmm. That's weird. I don't know. Also, and it must be a deleted scene issue. But I I wish we had seen the scars on his palms before the reveal of how he got them. Like yeah. again, that would have been a cool like. Oh, what are these scars on his hands? Oh, oh I thought was, we do see his dad pulled the sword out. Of we him. see them after that. Yeah. Oh, I thought we saw them before. Never mind. I don't remember. I I thought there was a moment where, when he wakes up, the first time when we see Charlie, you you pronounce his last name different than I did. Hunnaman? Hunnaman? Hunnam? Hunnam? Hunnam. All right. Uh, I've never heard it said out loud, so I I pronounced it wrong. I apologize. No, 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 no. Yeah, that guy. Um, I thought you could he, be right. Maybe I missed it. I, I I can't remember. I thought we see them, but and we have really they're just scars on his hands, and we don't know what they're from. Like we don't have a context yet. Um, I will I will do. I, I didn't play it earlier. Uh, I will play it now. Um. Oh God! <laughs> All over the place. So, oop, nope, stop. Nope. So this, no, not that one. Yeah, not that. So this movie does have a lot of montages, and <laughs> and I don't hate that. I don't. Um, uh, the, well, the, the, you, you you have to expect it going into a Guy Ritchie movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the growing up montage I actually thought was brilliant. I love yeah. the growing up montage, just yes. showing that he gets his butt kicked and his butt kicked and his butt kicked, and then one day he's big enough. And yeah, that is some great under the opening credit storytelling. Yeah, it really yes, is absolutely. Yeah. And well, that whole first act I think is brilliant. I really do. Even even with the elephant at the beginning and the, and the opening prologue or whatever, I I think that first act is is so well it, done. It really is. I mean, I do th- kind of feel like I guess if we're saying the the third act is 
I kind of feel like the third act is whatever the scene is after um, they, they kill Blue's dad. Yeah, that's yeah. when he pulls the sword yeah. out of the mud puddle, or I guess just before when he yeah when he the he, dark night of the soul when he throws the sword yeah yeah and then he's mad he's, when he finds his yeah yeah I think that yeah oh, sorry speaking of real quick speaking of Blue's dad that's the one death that I really cared about in this movie that's one well, of the best scenes of the movie yeah, because yeah, they yeah. take and, their time and mm-hmm. they let it play yeah and and can we talk about I have I I always gripe about our superhero movies with this. There were stakes in this movie. Yeah. Right? There were people who died uh, that, that we mainly didn't care about them all, but they were part of the group. They were, we, we established some of these characters that were, were, were good guys. And I, it's not like I like to see people die, but I like to see movies treat, treat characters as you know, the plot armor isn't on everybody. Well, people, and I, I, I like mean, that. we don't care about them, and I, I wish we had about some more of them. I did about Blue's dad. Um, yeah. But but at least we see it affect Arthur, and that and that's important, that we see the yes. deaths have meaning to our our main character, at least. And his but, character development. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his, his arc, yeah. And the stakes I wish we would have known a bit more about is we see Arthur building up a, a considerable wealth, and and then he loses it. And I want to know, well, what was that for? What was his plans? We never heard like what his goals were before. Like, what was he going to buy this... a boat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did this sword like interrupt? What were his plans for his life that were lost? Like, because he the whole first half of the movie, he's trying to get that back. So I wish we had known that about his character. Yeah. No, no. I just i I kind of like not knowing because then we can kind of come up with whatever we want. Like maybe at some point he buys the brothel or he buys something, or he kind of felt like he was running the box. I mean, brothel he already. he kind of was Pretty running much. the brothel. You're not wrong. And all the black legs knew him, and they also kind of knew not to mess with him, which I thought was mm-hmm. kind of cool that he had grown a reputation, even to the point that when he gets put on the barge to go take the sword, he pushes past the guy and he's like, "Hey!" And then his friend looks at him and goes. No, <laughs> like, like I know who that guy is. You don't mess yeah. with that guy. He's the guy that rips beards off of Vikings. So, yeah, um, yeah. The guy we're talking about, uh, Blue's dad. His name is Backlack. And Backlack. Yeah, it's just. Is if, that if you're, an insurance company? Yeah. If your <laughs> if your name isn't Percival, then you know that you're you're probably. Expi- um, <laughs> I honestly, I did not catch all the Knights of the Round Table's name until the end with the Round Table, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. George, of course, Kung Fu George is Sir George. That makes sense." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't catch it till then either. But like, you know, Wet Stick. I mean, is he? <laughs> he survived. I know he well, survived. They, you know, they revealed was, his name, right? Uh, well, did they? I don't think. I, don't, I think they knighted him at the end, and, and they what was his name? It was one of the the knight's names. I don't remember hearing it, but I remember thinking, is his name going to be Sir Wetstick? Is that, <laughs> like he has to be one of the knights, right? And um, anyway, so I, I do like I do like also how they were kind of making fun of him. Like, what is this table? Is it like a, a dance floor, or is it a wheel of cheese? Like, they're all kind of making fun of him for it because we all like know. The what, yeah, the whole denouement was I thought was pretty great with the Vikings and the the round table, and I could tell like yeah oh they're setting something up, and I, yeah. I kind of like where it's going, and yeah, and I, mean, I I I think this movie had a ton of potential. I liked yeah, a yes. lot of the foundation of yeah. this movie. I, I think, think we could have had a very successful prequel. Exactly yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah, and, well, yeah. and then 
did this movie. I mean, let's get more <laughs> Eric Bana, who, by the way, is quite yeah, quite obviously our Star Trek connection for the movie. I but. wonder if they were planning a prequel, and that's why they got Bana for that that role. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. They said, it said I mean, six I guess he movies. shows up along the back. back well, I mean, the, but it says flash. six movies. Like, maybe one of those movies is just a prequel movie. Like, it's just a movie on how we get there, because I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. What I do know... Uh, so I want to ask you guys about what, what your... What, what did you guys think about the Darklands? First time you watched this movie, the whole Darkland sequence. What were you? Okay. What were your thoughts? I thought this is all happening in his head, and he didn't actually go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought because when he's done with the Darklands, he's right back where he started, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. with the uh, yeah. with the mage and Bedivere or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. And because if you're going to send someone to Skull Island in a movie, you would spend more time than 45 second montage on it, right? Yeah, it almost felt like we didn't need the the scene with the Badlands. You could have done without it. I think really, truly, the only the main reason for the Badlands is so we can establish that there is a storage, a magical storage cupboard where there's <laughs> giant animals. Because we <laughs> needed, you know what I'm saying? We, we needed to, we because it, it, it gives some kind of basis on where the elephants come from. So when you go there and yeah. you see, oh my gosh, that rat is the size of Sam's dog. Like, I love how he just throws a stick at it. Yeah, yeah. Never <laughs> uses the sword on any of the animals. I, I yeah. <laughs> well, he he can't use the sword yet at that point. Yeah. So he's well, just lugging it behind him the whole but time. It's, but it's still a stabby thing. Like you can still sure, one yeah, hand that thing and like you know poke the rat with it. But you know, instead, he, just, he gets his git stick. He gets his git <laughs> stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get on out of here. Uh, yeah. That's a good southern term right there for you. Um, <laughs> but. I, that's what I think. I I just feel like the the Badlands was we needed to have another way to another trial for him to go through, and um, personally, and again, it, it, I think also it was just like, hey, let's show a bat the size of a. I don't know. Well, how much terror. money did they spend on that forty-five second montage? Because oh all the gosh. CG is great. It looks fantastic. Oh, mm-hmm. those bats looked terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted yeah. no part of that. And also, the 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 montage is so frantic. Mm. We're almost surprised he lives. Sure, I like mean, they're just—it's in the middle of the montage, and suddenly you see like a bat throw him to another bat, and yeah. you're like, and then oh, all of a sudden, dead. and then the That's next a quick movie, yeah, and then the next shot is him on top of a mountain. I'm like, how the hell did he get out of that cave? <laughs> yeah. And then there are there are wolves the, sec- the size of horses chasing him, and I'm thinking, oh, mm-hmm. these. And then, and then you know, then the sword, and then they go away. But like, yeah, no, it, it, I, the Badlands, they never, it didn't bother me. It was just, uh, it bothered me a lot. That was where, that was the moment this movie started going off the rails for me. And, and I'll say why. I mean, one, it's just like, yes, if you're going to send your character to Skull Island, let's spend more time <laughs> than this way too frenetic montage. I had no idea what was happening the first time I watched it. Uh, it, it was really confusing. <laughs> but more so than that. The re- I mean, narratively, the reason he goes to the Badlands is it, it is the first step on his path, on, on his character arc. It's when, he, for some reason, he has to go there and put the sword on that stone, and, and then suddenly he sees part of the flashback. And that's when he's, he decides, okay, maybe I'll join this resistance a little bit. Right? Like, that. It's, it's a very important turn for his character. And it's told in this crazy, frenetic 45-second montage. And... It, that's where I'm just like, oh, well, now we're just throwing the character under the bus. Like, we're obviously not caring about his narrative at all. 
and then and now and and with the montage, just so we're all understand what happened. We have the montage of the Darkland, which is immediately followed by a montage of what happened to the brothel and and the rest of Londonium, <laughs> which is immediately followed by a montage of a plan that never happens, which is immediately <laughs> followed by a montage of the plan that does happen. Yeah, I said at, yeah. at the beginning that I felt like this whole movie was a montage. Mm. And maybe that's why it bothered me. And maybe that's why I think that he was trying too hard to I'm okay with some make montages, this, but you, you need to yeah. throw in something between those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I'd, Cameron, did we explain when you were on last time the concept <laughs> of the hopping man? I, th- I feel like, or maybe I've heard it in another one of your episodes. Um, bless you for listening to another episode. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it again. It's fine. The hopping man is just the idea that when a movie introduces a character and then we leave them without any kind of resolution, like mm. we don't know what happens to them, right? So in my opinion, this movie had not one, but like three hopping, okay. hopping men. Um, mm-hmm. So... The first one, I'm looking at my notes here. So it's the, that 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 black. What are they called? The black. The friars. black leg. Yeah, the one that's kind of chummy with Arthur in the beginning, right? So yeah, so we see him. We get his. Uh, we get the story of him, and they have a conversation, and then we never see him again. No, so, they mention him that he's like he's starting to beat people up, and that I think that's the last we hear of him. I right, thought we but, met, I thought we got from uh, from someone that he he turned and like told everything that was happening at the brothel and yeah. 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 No. Yeah. He, that's the last we hear of it. Yeah. He turned on the, like he, 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 in his best interest, he turned, you know, told the King what was going on. And so they burned the, the brothel. But my point is like, there's no, there's no resolution no, right. to him. Like I, I mm-hmm. would not have hurt my feelings if goose fat <laughs> put an arrow through him. Yeah. You know? Okay. Thank you. Sean. <laughs> because uh-huh. that whole scene like we've seen that character before I get, I forget which general that is, but yeah. it's, it's a general that we've seen. We haven't seen him do anything bad. In fact, I kind of felt bad for him because the only scenes we see him in is he's getting yelled at by Jude law for doing his job better. He, really? The only thing we see him do bad is he is the point of contact for the overthrowing of the King. So yeah. he's, because when Jude Law says, "Are the men ready?" and he goes, "They're oh, all, okay. they're the, all in, oh, in the prologue." Okay, so he's he's so, like the uh, you have to help me up, Stan. He's like the Jamie Lannister kind of a thing, <laughs> right? Because he was the one what killed the then king that allowed yeah. Baratheon yeah. to become a thing. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah, the Kingslayer. Kingslayer. Jamie Jamie kind of redeems himself though. Yes, and he just gets an arrow through the heart. But yeah. But my point is, like, as an audience member, I don't, I don't hate this guy. He's just, he's, he's a bad guy. But that's about it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're told that, like, yeah, uh, Slick Nose Bob or whoever uh, Littlefinger is hates him. That they've got beef. And I'm like, okay, that would have been great <laughs> to know before he gets like this really cool payoff. It's a, it's a cool payoff with no setup. And then later, we've got the other general guy who, uh, who shows up at. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, Blue's dad's house, and then he gets all like uh, smarmy with uh, Sir Bedivere. Later, he's the one in the cave who, who delivers the message. I'm like, oh, this guy. I don't like this guy. He's yeah. he's talking back to Sir Bedivere. I bet Sir Bedivere is gonna. They're gonna have a moment. He's gonna break his neck. No, we just see him get like knocked aside with five other guys by the snake. So we got set up, but no payoff. And, and I feel like that happens a lot in this movie. Yeah. It's like set up, yeah. no payoff. Payoff, no setup. 
Yeah, so yeah. he was he was actually another hopping man is because we don't know what happens to him. He got killed by a snake. Uh, yeah, a snake. but I mean, like, show me, I guess. <laughs> I kind of want to see it because he sucks, right? Well, yeah. Because we want yeah. him mm-hmm. to die because yeah. he has We want to cheer when he dies. Yeah, because of what he did because we know that he was, I mean, not only did he deliver the message, but we know he probably killed a lot of the people that were at the camp, including women and children because there were yeah. women and children at that and camp. And he was kind of threatening yeah. Lou, too. Like, he was in that scene, so yeah. Yeah. we really don't like him. Yeah, exactly. And so... Yeah, so I kind of do want to see Goose Fat put an arrow through his face. But the other <laughs> hopping man was, so we had, when they're making their escape after the assassination attempt, uh, Blue's dad, uh, Black, uh, black uh, Back Fat, what was back his lack. name? Back Lack, thank you. Um, he gets hurt and is kind of, you know, go on without me, I'll, I'll be along. And then the other guy is the blonde guy. He he takes a knife to the gully. Gully's not a, word, mm-hmm. uh, a gullet, and then he does the thing where he's like he'll go and he'll he'll take out a couple of guys to buy you some time. Well, he lives. He survives that and becomes a prisoner. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we have his his last moment on screen is he's you know he's in chains, and then the king comes down and says, "I hear you have something to tell me." So he's obviously yeah. the one what betrayed them. Yeah, though we don't know why, and there's no benefit that we see of that betrayal it's not like right. it's probably not like we then but like yeah it's probably deleted scenes. i mean these are all probably deleted scenes i'm sure we saw like goose fats and and that one guy's beef yeah in the three and a half hour version yeah just, kind of in along those oh sorry no i'm just saying i would like to have seen then a, a moment where he, you know when arthur is dragged into the room in chains and he looks over and sees him there yeah. as a black leg and yeah, so well, Jude then, Law would have killed him right away. Well, yeah, but I, I guess it, it, it to me it would have felt like then show me that you know. But yeah, like yeah. It, it would it would there would have been more of a a payoff. So when then when he sees him and he's like, oh, so you're the one, and then he just has this moment of shame, and then a snake eats him. You know, like yeah, I kind of wanted. You know what I'm saying like th- those are my three kind of hopping men in the movie. I think yeah, I this know. isn't really hopping men in that way. But did anyone else think that? Goose Fat Bill kind of got off easy for basically getting Affleck killed and and getting a, a bunch of people in Londonium murdered and burned and like yeah. the whole reason those riots happen is because of, he couldn't control himself. Yeah, I just yeah. I just thought like at least so I didn't want him to die, but like something pulled <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. He basically ultimately. He has no consequence other than knowing that uh, his friend died at the hands of the king, and right, you know. So yeah, yeah. Well, his consequence is becoming a knight of the round table. Y- yeah, and who who <laughs> I guess is is high enough, or is is I guess he's already a knight or something that he can then knight the others. Um, uh-huh. I I did. Okay, I am kind of annoyed. Annoyed is not the right word. I don't know. This movie has a lot of um, ceremony and reverence with Jude Law, and then he's just like, eh, I'll just kneel and let you make me, you know, rise king. It's like, eh, aren't there usually like bishops or like other people? You know, because <laughs> yeah. kings are usually anointed by the church. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's where they get a lot yeah. of their power from. But you know, the movie doesn't do any kind of church uh, stuff, which I'm fine with. But yeah. What was the deal with the tower? I mean, I. I I know what the movie tells us, but like they spent a lot of time on the tower, and I just thought that was a weird, like, 
the bigger the tower gets, the more power he has. And then we never see Jude Law get that much power. Like, he makes a fireball at one point. Like, the <laughs> the power he gets is from the witches, is from Ursula. Like, like well, they, I would, we they, never they, saw him, like, become the evil wizard everyone yeah. feared. He was never as powerful as, as Mordred. Oh, no. Well, Not no. even close. Yeah. I mean, but the movie does show us a progression, right? I don't know if you're about to say this, Sam. Is that, like, it, the, the first time we see him use magic is basically he lights a candle with his fingers. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. and then the second time he's using magic, he literally is, you know, Pyro from X-Men. So he makes a fireball. He yeah. makes he makes a fireball and whatever. So it, it is showing that he's because ultimately Mordred, we only see two powers from him. He's fireball guy and can control animals. And so we just yeah. don't see him control an animal. And also well, this is another this is a hopping fireball. Like what it just we never see him use his power after that. He does shoot the fire. Well, again, when the um, when Skeletor, yeah, when yeah, when when he keeps saying Ursula is cracking me up. When the sirens give him the the Skeletor power, he does throw a couple fireballs at um, the, Arthur. At, at Arthur, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But but is that him or the Skeletor I magic? Don't, I don't know, and we don't know. I, I do know that there's like there's a lot of lore about towers and how towers give power. And I didn't okay. mean for a lot of fantasy tropes around towers. Yeah. basically. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's a whole book series called the Dark Tower, you know. But I mean, oh, I know that. Um, which I need to. Finish. I, I guess I just wanted more because this movie gives you like such such like uh, morsels of world building that are so cool. I mean, the opening text I thought was great. Like, for centuries, man and mage lived together until they didn't, or whatever. Like, I was like, ooh, that, I'm engaged. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about this, like, dark Harry Potter backstory. And uh, and and then, I don't know, it just it kind of felt like the world building would kind of come and go and it never really gelled for me. Yeah. Speaking of that entry uh, writing that uh, in, at the intro, I could not read that. I was yeah, watching the, it the, on my the, iPad, and the text is horrible on that. Like, I noticed that too. I had to go back and watch it again and pause it to try to decipher what what was happening there. I had the benefit of um, I, I actually didn't watch this movie with subtitles on. I usually do, but I didn't for this one. Um, I turned them off, but the subtitles actually subtitle the intro dialogue, oh. which I thought was kind of <laughs> funny that, no, it, that, huh. it, that it did that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. And now that I think about it, I probably watched this movie at the volume that I would normally watch the movie. I bet you my kids probably were awake for half of it because <laughs> I, I live in one of the ho- kind of a house where, I mean, I'm, I know I'm in a room uh, in a shut door and my kids are across the hall with their door shut and I know they can hear me. It's just, we have all <laughs> the laminate floor. So like sound travels like crazy. Yeah. In this house. Just mm-hmm. a lot of tin cans and strings set up everywhere. Well, there's yeah. that too. It's, yeah. Um, Sounds about right. So we do need we do need to move on to uh, clips and things before we get too uh, long in this uh, podcast here. So I'm going to do some clips. I have a few, and I just love this guy's. Uh, I I could listen to this guy all the time. So here we go. Now tell me a story about a girl called Lucy, a Viking called Greybeard, and some rebel graffiti dirty in these walls. I just love that guy's voice. Just let, and that's a great scene to use that Mm. montage where like, you don't need to know exactly what happened. It's all just about the energy and the telling. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I love, I, I like, I seriously want that man on a podcast. 
Just just talk to me. <laughs> Narrate my life. Yeah. Isn't he isn't he um Bolton from Game of Thrones? I don't know. You'd have to tell me. Oh, I think maybe. that's that's um Ramsey Bolton's illegitimate dad. Oh. Not, uh, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know what I can't right. remember the name of him. Yeah. Did Am I? Are you either one of you guys? Any of you on IMDb? Did IMDb change its layout because it looks so yeah. different now? And I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of lost. Having a hard Actually, time. I, I yeah. usually just use Google now. I, I'm, like, I'm, the I'm, Google layout works better for me. Okay, so when you click the word "cast," it gives you the normal look of the full cast. Okay, that just that's fine. It's fine. Um, I don't know what his name was. Uh, brother, no. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'll let you figure it out. Uh, this is number two. Never met one of you in the flesh. I thought you'd be taller and have a beard. <laughs> I love it. I love how the music stops so we get the line. Yeah. That's a good line. While we're talking about kind of their interactions there, though, just real quick, I did what one thing I loved about this movie, and probably because we're saving it for one of the next five. No forced romance. Like, it almost felt like they're going to set up a romance between those two. And I was like, oh, yeah, this movie does not need a love interest, a love story. No. Thank yeah. God they left that out. No. Having said that, the Arthur story is full of, like, great, strong female characters. And it's yeah. a shame that this movie, like, the females are only here to be sacrificed and kidnapped. Uh-huh. That's the only reason any females are here. Yeah. And to be sea witches. Uh, and, no, yeah, I... background. The mage, she's kind of awesome in her own right, though. You know, she like, got kidnapped. She, she does get kidnapped. Save her. She did get kidnapped, but she also seemed weak. She seemed yeah. she just had no story, like, fragile or something. And 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 even though she had you know, magic, it just you, seemed like she could break at any point. You played World of Warcraft. That's why they called mages squishies. You know, like they have yeah. to hang in the back and let the tanks go forward. Like I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with that. I never felt of her as a damsel in distress. And the woman that. I mean, again, the two women that Jude Law kills, that sucks for them. And you're right. They have <laughs> barely any lines. And, yeah. and they are they just... They are wife and daughter. They are meant to be sacrifices. They're they're sheep to be slaughtered, right? But and Maggie could have been an interesting character. But again, she's only there to get held captive at one point. Whoever she is, it never she, really explains who does, she is. Oh, I thought yeah. that was... Uh, he said that she was the one that represented the people. Well, yeah, is she like an ambassador yeah. or yeah? I guess like I don't know. You're not wrong. Her, I actually at first I thought, um, she was like related still somehow. Like she was still yeah, part yeah. of the Pendragon family until he said like she's part of the oldest family in London. I'm like oh, or Camelot. I'm like oh, whatever. <laughs> but, um, but in her, yes, yeah, she does get captured, but she's also. Um, she also takes takes risks and shows bravery by taking those risks. She so, does, but you could remove her from the story and it doesn't change anything. You yeah. are kind of right. I mean, we do get we do get the plot being moved forward by her, you know, so that they have the assassination attempt. I mean, you could yeah. have had anyone yeah. give that information. You're not wrong, yeah. but having her give it, and then when when the plot is found out, you know, then when when the gosh Jude Law knows that she is, in fact, the leak, the mole, and they kind of have their confrontation. She doesn't back down, which I think is kind of cool. Here's this, Yeah, no, I mean, she had potential for sure. Yeah, here's this scary yeah. man who has, you know, who can kill her with just the, you know, like, you know, using his, you know, fire hands or whatever. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he can just make her really hot and uncomfortable at that point. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like I stone massage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've got sauna powers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I you, I don't think this movie has a, a female problem, but 
to your point, it would have been kind of cooler to see another one or two. Such great females in the Arthur legend. Like, yeah. let's mm-hmm. see some of them. Well, the yeah. The, yeah. the movie is already, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The movie has already changed some stereotypes by having not one, but two black men on sure. the, in, on the, the circle. Right. So yeah. And let's, George. Chinese George. And Chinese George. Yeah. So not, why not have a woman? Yeah. True. Why, why not make yeah. Percival Percival and make that a woman? You know well, what I'm saying? Well, there's a, there's a Sir Tristan, right? The Tristan could also be a girl's yeah. name. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Which I can only now think of. Sir Tristan ran away, but what <laughs> 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 oh, did? Uh, all right. Uh, this also made me laugh. You do know I can see through this. With trees everywhere. I like that, and I love, love that, that music. music. That guitar yeah. is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna definitely dive into this soundtrack. I will say, it has to be the first time I've ever heard a film score scored by a dude fake whistling <laughs> or breathing heavy. Well, that's kind of what it is. Oh, he's, oh, the fake whistling is that what you think that like was? Because he's not actually making the noise. I'm sorry, that was yeah. probably loud in your ears. But it's like a yeah. But he's he's changing the shape of his mouth to make notes. Okay, okay. It's Lamaze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because Arnold Schwarzenegger from Junior did the and there's the also and I actually listened to a little bit of that without action and then exploding arrows and stuff. And there's a couple of moments where whoever's doing that actually kind of hits his cheeks, so you get that. Mm. I can't know if you can hear that at mic. Mm, yeah, but like yeah. that hollow sound. He does it a couple times. It's kind of neat, um, <laughs> but it's also a little weird when you don't hear it when you hear it out of context of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like I just had it <laughs> playing. It's a little weird. It's a little ASMR. Your wife came in and was like, "What are you watching, honey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why well. am I listening to this man breathing really heavy exactly. for the last five minutes? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also love it when movies do this. This also uh, makes me really happy. In order for him to control Excalibur, he needs to go to the Darklands. That's not happening. Welcome to the Darklands. <laughs> I love that. I just, I think that's great. And, you know, and, and movies do that a lot, and I love it every time. Uh, I made reference to this earlier. Uh, just, I liked when he says this. I'm going down the hole now. Yeah, it's going down the hole. <laughs> uh, and my last one is about snakes. I don't like snakes. No one likes snakes. Just like that. No one likes snakes. And then I mm-hmm. wanted to, if I had time, I would have uh, uh, put the clip in at the end of um, in Indiana Jones, where he's like, "Why do they sure. have to be snakes?" or something like Thanks. that. You know, I hate snakes, Jock, or whatever, whatever he says when he's in the airplane. That was a weird sequence too. Like, so it took me a while to figure out that like the snake venom protected him from the big snake later. Like that was the second watch. So I was like, Oh, that's what she was yeah. talking about. would protect him. And, and like, it felt like I just want a cool scene of him hallucinating as he walks into the castle. Cause the hallucinations never come into play. It's just some fun visuals while he's walking in. Yeah. And there's no reason the snake would have been a danger to him. She's controlling the giant snake. So like, yeah, that's again, the audience wouldn't have questioned it. Stuff that we don't need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a little confused by that too, because I thought if she's controlling the snake, then like does or is that control only limited to like direction? Small I can ant- I can well, no, point you I can force you to go into the door, but once you're in there, you're on your own kind of a thing. 
I don't know. I don't know. Her, their eyes switch places. It kind of makes you feel like she's controlling him completely. Yeah, uh-huh. I thought so yeah. too. But anyway, and that was a massive snake, though. I know we've we've probably spent <laughs> more time on this snake than they did, you know, editing it. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the writing room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it does kind of feel like uh, we've mentioned this before. Like when uh, not when writers they they get to a point where like, hmm, we need a way to get him out of this thing oh i don't know we'll do sky pirates like in stardust <laughs> oh yeah it yeah. just kind of feels like okay we've got him in the room how do we get him out of the room and you know the king has to go back to the mage tower uh oh we'll drop a, t- a tank inside the plane okay so you didn't want to play the line of the one f-bomb of the movie i didn't play that and where would you guys have put the one f bomb in this because i felt like that was a really weird choice to use your one pg-13 i wouldn't f. have used it I wouldn't either. I thought I it was out of place. It, 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 for that time and that, I just didn't. Yeah, I agree. It yeah. wasn't quite. It took, I think they could have found necessary. a fun place for it, but there it just felt like, it oh. took you know, me, I mean, say honestly, bloody you know, or, you know, say something, say, yeah, yeah say something. You can still do character. angry acting without that. I mean, I just, yeah. in a movie with giant elephants and snakes and hawks and things, that is the one part of the movie that took me out of the movie. I went, oh, okay. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, w- I would have hated it if they would have used it in Sherlock Holmes, too. You know? Yeah. So yep. I just uh, don't. Anyway. That word is, is lazy writing. That's all I got to say. I think oh, you guys are such prudes. <laughs> I don't mind an F-bomb. I don't. I mean, I don't hate Wolf of Wall Street because of the F-bombs. I hate Wolf of Wall <laughs> well, Street. That's true. Because yeah, it, we've had that conversation. You know, yeah. I, you know so I, I just, anyway. Time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? I already mentioned the six films, so I'll mention this one. Charlie Hunnam lost 20 pounds for the last season of Sons of Anarchy. During auditions, director Guy Ritchie was very bothered by his look. Though he liked his performance, he asked him four times during the process about his poor physique. Hunnam said that Ritchie brought it up for the fourth time, and he told Ritchie, Look, dude. You keep bringing this up, the physicality. It's obviously your primary concern. So if you want to do with way the all the do away with all of the auditioning bollocks, I'll effing fight those other two dudes. I know who they are. You can bring them both here, and I will fight both of them. The one who walks out the door gets the job, and that's how he won the role. <laughs> I want the other two. Oh my gosh. Who were the two dudes he was going to fight? Uh, give me a minute. I'll look it up. While Robert Downey up. Jr. and Jason Statham. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Jason Statham. <laughs> That's interesting. Didn't he do like a really bad kind of swords and sorcery movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about In the name of movies. the place of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. This film was pitched to the studio and to the actors as Lord of the Rings meets Guy Ritchie's Snatch. Charlie Hunnam said that that description sold him on the movie, saying, that's a film I want to see. And we mentioned earlier about losing of the money. Here's the exact number. This movie lost Warner Brothers $153 million. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. That's a chunk of change. You know, I, I have to say, I think this movie split into six episodes could have could have been pretty cool could have been pretty awesome with, yeah. with all that they're doing and all that they have there's enough there's there's at least five cliffhangers that you can end on to make this a really watchable event 
uh, network, uh, you know, Netflix or, or HBO Max yeah. series. It, it's so interesting that you say that, Sam. I was saving this for my review or my my uh, my rating, but yeah. So that I I enjoyed this movie much more the second time I watched it. I'll admit that, and I think part of that is because I watched it in like thirty minute chunks, and that yeah. like like any kind of thirty minutes is kind of a fun ride of this movie. But when you put it all together, it was just too disjointed for me to really enjoy. But uh, yeah, I I I hundred percent agree. I think it could have really worked as like a mini series or a season long yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. They- to answer your question, Andrew, the other two actors that were for the role, uh, one was Henry Cavill, mm. and the other was Jai mm. Courtney. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. I don't, I don't like know who that is. For this. Uh, Jai, uh, Sam, you remember seeing uh, Jack Reacher? Yes. He was the henchman, the main henchman. Not the, not the old dude, but the guy that what worked for the, the, the old dude. I well, he, he was like Bruce Campbell's son in one of the diehards, one of the late diehards, right? It wasn't okay. Bruce Campbell, but yes. Um, oh, sorry, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> the other Bruce. You pulled a Sam. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah he, was, uh, he was Bruce Willis' son in Die Hard, the fourth one. He was Boomerang in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. He's yeah. in the Divergent series. He was Kyle Reese in Terminator Genesis. I mean, he's That's in a right, bunch yeah. of stuff. He was in Attila Battle, Alita Battle Angel. Oh, was he? Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, he's a dude. He's in a bunch of stuff, but I think I don't. I I can't see because um, when I when I posted on Twitter that we were doing this, one of our um, uh, podcast friends who is English, uh, you know, he he responded in basically saying, you know, an Arthur that's Cockney. You know, it's, it's very different, you know, mm-hmm. than the proper British that we're kind of used to hearing. And I think uh-huh. Henry Cavill would have played it that way, would have played it way more straight. And I, I think he would have been a bigger name and maybe have drawn more people to the film, but mm-hmm. I, I yeah. don't think I would have enjoyed it. Especially in 2017, coming off of, you know, Man of Steel and, and, yeah. and, and yep. Man from Uncle. You know, he was, mm-hmm. in, he was in both of those things. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Time for this. Excuse me while I whip this out. We uh, posted on Twitter uh, one thing, and we changed it before we hit record, and I haven't had a chance to post on Twitter, so we will have no Twitter interaction tonight. I'm sorry, Jesse and the rest. Um, (laughs) So we changed it to kind of, I'm referring it as legendary weapons. And because this movie is about both King Arthur and the sword itself. So we're going to do legendary weapons and we're kind of keeping it, I think probably to melee weapons. I don't know if someone picked a gun, but uh, I, I, I chose kind of melee kind of things that you hold in your hand. So, you know, like Iron Man's armor does not count in my opinion, but that's just me. Uh, Cameron, I'll let you go first. No. Shoot. Okay. Well, um, you want to go not uh, first? I'll stick. No, no. First is great. I picked, uh, uh, the Bride's Hattori Hanzo sword from Kill Bill. Nice. I'd scoop that, was, that one up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Inigo Montoya's six-fingered sword that he uses. Yes. Mm-hmm. By the way, I watched Princess Bride with my daughters today, ah, and and they loved it. They yeah. loved it and laughed and and were upset. And it was like, oh, uh, this is this <laughs> is this is the viewing experience I wanted. This is perfect. So yes. Princess Good Bride job. went over very well in this house today. All right. Willow's so. next, right? Um, I don't know. In a year or two? Uh, maybe, yeah. 
Um, and then, and then my third one, I did pick a gun. I picked Vera, Jane's <laughs> beloved gun from Firefly. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. perfect. Yeah, that's great. All right, uh, Sam. All right. Okay, I have got um, the the mirror. Uh, mir- mir- I spelled this horror. Mirror, 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 mirror. Meow meow. Meow meow. Uh, Thor's hammer, of sure. course. Um, I've got the six stick from my Nordy report. Because <laughs> I, I think that would be just a whole heck of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, who, what kind of Star Wars fan would I be if I didn't put a lightsaber sure. um, as my number one? Yeah. No, okay. I get you. So, right. Yep. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I mean, I would so go up behind Opie when he wasn't looking and hit him with a six stick. No, I, mean, I, I know just... you would. I know you absolutely would. <laughs> and I would do my best to just barf all over you. <laughs> um, that's hysterical. So my my honorable mention, so I didn't do anything from Star Trek because really the only thing from Star Trek is a batleth, and frankly, I don't really want one of those. Um, so, But my honorable mention was Sting. Which was the sword that? Okay, um, yeah, um, that glowed when yeah, uh, yeah. Orcs Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number three was Stormbreaker from. Uh-huh. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, the big axe. I like a big axe. Oh, oh yeah, I just like. And we see how that one gets made. Yeah, That's, true. Just the fact yeah. that yeah, that, that it's Groot and it's part of Groot. Yeah, yeah I think there's there's cool. some coolness there. My number two is uh, I, I I specifically said Luke's lightsaber. Uh, uh-huh. Which is uh-huh. also the the handle of the lightsaber lamp that I have sitting next to me, and and my number one, um, not truly a melee, but it was used as a melee. But there's also some magical components, and that's Gandalf's staff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Shall not pass. Yeah. Blow us away with your your wonderful selections as you always do. Well, I didn't choose a lot of melee weapons. Um, that's fine. I apologize for that, but I was thinking of my favorite weapons, and and I only found one that was a melee weapon, and that was uh, a leg bone from Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because, and I thought of that because when I did my when I did my search for weapons in my in my spreadsheet. Uh, we've used weird weapons twice, and the yeah. the one was for yeah. Bone Tomahawk for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, I, I skipped my honorable mention. I'm sorry. My honorable mention was the leg gun from the from the Hopping yes. Man. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, from, from Hopping Man. Not not from yeah. um, uh, what you from were talking about, Jesse. Or dark, uh, Planet Terror. Yeah, yeah, thinking. not Planet Terror, but from Dark Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's Not nearly as cool as the one from Planet Terror, but yes. Yeah. Okay, so number three was my was my leg bone from t- Bone Tomahawk. Um, number two, the uh, ex- well, the uh, Green Lantern ring. Oh sure. Mm. Okay, yeah. Then it could be any weapon. Yeah, and then number one, the Elder Wand from Harry Potter. Oh, oh geez, okay. Yeah. You went Harry Potter route. Okay. Surprised you didn't just go with the whole Deathly Hollows for all three. Yeah, I could have. My uh, my honorable mention because it wasn't a single weapon but a, a model was the ZF one from the Fifth Element. I oh, love yeah. that. That looks yes. like a, an egg. And then <laughs> yeah, a real a real warrior would have asked about the little red button on the bottom of the gun. <laughs> my favorite. See, Cam, like you and I are kindred spirits because Sam does not like that movie. <gasps> I don't. I don't. Oh, I thought me and Sam were kindred spirits because of our Willow love, but apparently not. 
I love Willow too. But you do love Willow too. Of course I do. But yeah, he we we did the we did the fifth element, I think, as a watch along, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And Sam was just like, when is this movie over? <laughs> yeah. You didn't yeah, hate it. I don't it. know why. You didn't hate it, but you didn't like it like the no, rest of us do. I I could pass it. Have you only seen it the one time? I've seen it a few times now. Oh, okay. So speaking yeah, right. of, you can actually get your your vaccination card. You can get a, a multi pass holder. What? Yeah, yeah That's you can. Yeah. I saw it on I've seen, I've seen some three uh, D printing uh, multi pass that I could do. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for my on air light. Um. Okay. Time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? This is where we <laughs> give this movie a score from zero to ten. I have a pretty good feeling that these numbers are going to be nowhere near each other. It's going to be all over the place tonight. Yeah. By chance, Sam, did you watch Birds of Prey or Hancock? Would you have scores you want to add to those by any chance? If you don't, let's um, yeah, I've seen both of them. Um, it's been a while for Hancock, but um, Birds of Prey, I enjoyed. I, I would have given him probably a 7.2. All right. That's good. I don't know where everybody else was. Uh, but, um, Andrew was a 6. Um uh, Lady One was an eight. I was a six point two, so you're okay, right there, so, kind of in the middle. Yeah. And then Hancock, I I, I really can't score. It's been too long That's since fair. I've seen it, and and I listen to you guys talk about it, and and um, I just I, I've got a better vision in my mind than than what you guys were talking about. So <laughs> I, I'd have to again, I'd have to see it again to see. That's fair. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. I gave it a seven. No. The rest of the guys gave it five. Uh, so Andrew. For Arthur, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yeah, like I said, it's okay. It's not the best uh, version of King Arthur that I've ever seen on film. But uh, I'm going to give it a 5.8 out of 10. I think IMDb puts it somewhere in the six high six range, 6.7 or 6.8. Yeah, with almost 200,000 votes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little bit below that, but... It's okay. Um, I can sleep with that. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Uh, you'd like it just a little bit better than Hancock and just a little bit less than Birds of Prey and a whole lot less than Thunder Force. <laughs> or, I mean, a whole lot more than Thunder Force. Hold oh, on. I was going to oh, say, okay. what? Yeah, I was say. Yeah. Uh, Cameron. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I think it's got a lot of potential, but... I do feel that maybe a lot of a lot of cutting it down from the three and a half hours just bungled it, and anything that has everything that goes on in this movie and makes it boring for me is it's not great. Um, I, I'm going to give it a four point five. I don't think I would seek it out to watch it again. Okay. Oh wow! So it's going to go under five. That's fine. Uh, Sam, I I'm going to kind of I, I'm going to go with the potential that that Cameron just mentioned. Um, <laughs> that I think this thing had potential. I saw things in this movie I haven't seen before. I love the visuals of both when he has the sword empowered and the uh, the uh, Skeletor smoke you know uh, fire monster thing that he was um, and not to mention the surprise snake. I, I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed this movie. It hit me at the right time and I would probably watch again. Maybe if I watched it again I wouldn't like it as much but let me give it a 7.62 out of uh, 10. Ooh. All right. I liked it. Yeah. So I like this movie a lot too. Uh, it's probably, you can tell from partly of my defending it, but also <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I this this time watching it for the podcast was probably my fourth time watching it all the way through, and wow, it's been there's been you know two or three nights uh, in the last three or four months that it's just on HBO, and so I put it on, and for whatever reason, it's always the uh, the assassination assassination uh, um, attempt and then escape, and then I turn it off after the fight of George's. And that's when I finally go to bed. <laughs> that's and a good scene. It's a good, good it, sequence to watch. It's a good scene to end on because, you know, like when he says, I'm going down the hole now, it's like, eh, I'm going to go to bed now. Because <laughs> usually at that point, it's like 1230 and I need to go to bed anyway. So yeah. I've seen this movie at least four, three or four times, probably closer to five times. And I like this movie a lot. And I was almost coming into tonight with, the, with uh, a stiff back thinking, I'm gonna defend this movie and and just <laughs> shut you know, you know, put Cam in his place. No, not put you in the place. But like I, I was almost not to be to be very honest. I've had kind of a shit week, and I was almost looking for an argument mm. tonight. Yeah, and I'm kind of <laughs> glad it went the way it did because this was way more fun than me just arguing about giant snakes and. Um, <laughs> We didn't like, argue about giant snakes. We didn't argue. I think I think the point is valid. Right. We like, all agreed about the giant snake. I think snake. we all kind of agree about the giant <laughs> snake. It kind of is both awesome and kind of terrible at the same time. So Fair, anyway, yeah. with that all being said, I'm giving it an eight. I like this movie. <laughs> I really do. I like it. I Good. think it's fun. I love the score. I love the feel of it. I do. And there it is. That's it. And there's nothing anyone could say uh, to change my mind unless something horrible comes like some bad secret comes out or whatever but let's just assume that's not gonna happen they actually injured a giant snake for the film they, of they actually killed Sean, that, that yeah. horse actually did fall off the those and, giant ele- elephants were harmed i'm sorry to tell you yeah. yeah i do like the fact that when the the spell was broken on the the elephants whatever like their their initial reaction was get this shit off my back <laughs> right yeah <laughs> like any yeah. normal animal right yeah yep. i mean like you throw a blanket on your dog, the first thing it's going to do is try to get out of the blanket. It's the same thing. You build a city on my back, get this thing off. All right. <laughs> That's our show. My gosh, this was a lot of fun. Cameron, thank yeah. you so much for coming back on. Please tell everyone where uh, you can be found while I put in the quote for the quote game. Absolutely. My uh, my my main podcast is Green Shirt and Newbies Trek to the Next Generation, where I'm watching Star Trek The Next Generation for the first time, along with some fellow Trekkies. Uh, you can find us Green Shirt Podcast, Facebook.com slash Green Shirt Podcast is our Facebook. Green Shirt Podcast is our Instagram. And then Twitter, where most of the action is, is at Green Shirt 87. And they are not above a good dick or fart joke. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> there, will, there will be some. Yes. A lot more F-bombs in, in that podcast than in King Arthur. Yes. <laughs> uh, so for our quote game, how very appropriate that this is the quote that we have with you tonight, Cameron. But quote number 23 on my big board of 101 classic movie quotes is, Scotty, beam me up. Oh, yeah. Harry Potter. They're very appropriate. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Gandalf is actually the one that says it, too. Yeah. Um, I do love that meme. It cracks me up when you see Sir Patrick Stewart saying, oh. you're a wizard, Harry, signed Gandalf or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it cracks me up. Uh, that's it. Next week, we are... Are you with us next week, Sam? I am not. Okay. So next week, uh, Andrew and I will be joined by Lauren from the Beard Owl podcast. Mm-hmm. And we oh, are watching. A new one? We are Am I watching missing somebody new. Yeah, you are. And oh we're, um, man! Okay. 
we're watching UHF, the Weird Al movie. Awesome. Oh, again, a one I have never seen. <gasps> Exciting. <laughs> it was the way the, the way the schedule worked out, so we'll have to watch it some other okay. time, Sam. But uh, yeah, next week, do. we're doing UHF. In the meantime, you can go to our website, cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com, facebook.com slash cheapseatreviews, and at tw- uh, on Twitter is at cheapseatcast. We're on Instagram, but barely. So you go there, <laughs> look, look at... <laughs> Instagram literally exists so that people can see the graphics that you make, Sam. That's really all it is, is for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, send your emails to cheapseatreviews at gmail.com. Uh, it'd be really lovely to have an email once uh, this year. Well, or ever. I and sent you email, Sean. You di- did you? Yeah. Well, yeah, you did. That doesn't count. Um, <laughs> <laughs> leave us a review like our good friends at the Twist My Arm podcast. They left us a lovely review. I don't have my phone. I just realized I don't have my phone nearby. Uh, they left us a very lovely review, and I am going to read it as soon as I pull up the podcast app on my computer. While you're and, doing that, can I give my five-word review? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have another one? I, mean, I did one, but yeah, the one I, my, my official one, and it's, 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 it's five if the ant is an ampersand, which it is. Okay. Lock, stock, <laughs> and Game of Thrones. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so last week we had a, a review from Rosie, uh, which was very lovely, and tonight we have an ep- uh, a review, I should say, from uh, the Twist My Arm Network. These guys know their stuff. I've listened to a lot of review shows, and this is one of my favorites. Awesome. So thank who, you. Who are they listening to? We don't know anything. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But I appreciate that yeah. he, uh, <laughs> uh, Jesse is the the host of that, uh, the creator of the awesome. Twist My Arm podcast. So I appreciate Josh. that. Josh, I said Jesse. I meant to say Josh. You're right, Josh. Those, those we, J names. Uh, we had Josh on for our episode three of the um, Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Gosh, this has been another really fun and long episode. So on behalf of Cameron, Andrew, and Sam, <laughs> this is Sean saying thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Reviews.